Welcome into Monkey Business. I'm Aaron Hodges along with Eric Salzman and Richie Bennett. We have to give Eric a very, very big introduction. He's the newest writer for Matt Taibbi's Substack. Congratulations, man. How you feeling about it? Feeling big, feeling proud. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we have some fun. Sounds like a very exciting project. On this episode, we are going to be focusing on special purpose acquisition companies, otherwise known as SPACs. It's all the rage. Richie, I'm assuming, being in Florida, that you just returned from celebrating with the Bucks and Tommy Boy? You didn't see me on the boat? I was driving the boat with the, with the hat. You know, I had the hat on. Were you? I, uh, you no. I feel like you would be a captain for a Super Bowl parade party. Yeah, that suits you. I must say that... That guy has ruined my days, most of my football days for my the last 20 years. And it's only fitting that the, the guy that got him to where he was to start was a jet linebacker by the name of Mo Lewis who hit uh, Drew Bledsoe legally <laughs> and knocked him into next week in the last game of the season. And terrific Tom took over and now the rest of the story. I don't think Bledsoe played another down for the Pats. Because they were good, right? Bledsoe had them going. Yeah. yeah. Bledsoe actually played another four years or so with Dallas. So it was just fitting. And, of course, each week of this playoffs, I bet against him. In the first game, he actually did not cover the spread. So that was a win when they played the Redskins. They were eight-and-a-half-point favorites, and they won by eight. Then they thoroughly dismissed the Saints, who I thought were – going to be easy winners because they couldn't they were having trouble with the reds uh, the, sorry the, the washington football team um i was like they can't beat the saints and oh okay now we get to play green bay in green bay yeah right that's great yeah uh they can't beat them so they did and then it took me everything i had i waited till saturday night and i was like i'm gonna bet him on sunday oh i, I just i couldn't believe i did it and people were like you know, this is a different team, you know, the Chiefs. And then I was reading up and like, and I got into like the left tackle was hurt, right? And that proved to be a huge thing, right? I was like, yeah, he's good. I said, but but when you're left tackle and it's your Super Bowl, you know, and, and you got to make adjustments. And then the whole horrible thing with uh, Randy, Andy Reid's kid, right? The, he got. I didn't even follow. He, that was a car accident. Well, on the Thursday night, he was drunk. He's supposed to be off the sauce, and he hit some car, oh. and there's like a five-year-old kid in critical condition, oh, and they arrest no. him. So let's try that three days before the Super Bowl. I'm yeah. sure Andy's mind wasn't really on the game, so it added up, and uh, I finally won with Tom Brady. Well, I think he owes you one, to be honest with you. He does. He definitely does. You know, a lifelong Jets fan. He's been torturing you for a long time. Maybe he'll send me a picture or something. <laughs> Eric, did you have any action? Were you happy with the outcome? No, I, A, I was really looking forward to the, a great matchup. Yeah, um, game sucks. I really, I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't have that same hatred of Brady. Um, right. And maybe because we're, maybe, maybe because we're giant fans and yeah. they, beat, yeah, we, they beat him twice. That's our only claim to fame is that we, we did beat him twice in the yeah. Super Bowl. Um, but I was looking forward to yeah, a great game. And Richie's right. The, the, the injuries to the Chiefs offensive line, I took a little too lightly. I actually went the other way on this one. Because I thought maybe there's enough Brady, Brady mania going on that's pushing the line a little. So I said three points. I got, so I took KC, and you could tell 
But God, you could tell, like, just like you could tell that the Giants were going to win that first Super Bowl against, you remember, Richie, you and I were in Vegas. Why We, we saw Tom Brady sitting on the bench. Yeah. Before the first half was over, and he'd been getting smacked around like he really had never been smacked around before. Right. And he was he was looking dazed, and we remember we both looked at each other. And go, I, he's, he's in, yeah, I think we're, I think we're gonna win. And remember, Richie was a uh, Richie. That's when you're, Richie, you were carrying around the cooler of money. Yeah, I had a cooler <laughs> filled with money. He like he like we won on the tables. Then we went, and he had the he had, he had the the Giants eight different the ways. Giants outright, yeah, you know, I was, I was a huge Giants fan. <laughs> <laughs> the evening ended. Richie, me, Richie, and our friend Mike, you're walking around on the, the floor. Where were we staying? I can't remember who we were staying. Maybe the Mirage? Maybe okay. the Mirage. And, uh, and Richie's walking around like with eight sheets to the wind with this cooler full of just cash. <laughs> Half lit cigar dangling out of my mouth, screaming, G Man! Heading back, heading back to the players' table, and, uh, the, the Blackjack players' table. <laughs> Oh man, that sounds like a great time. That's one of my favorite football memories for sure. That first Giants yeah. uh, Super Bowl over the Patriots. I mean, right. just one of the most improbable wins. And uh, I guess we got to hang our hat on that for a while because I don't think we're getting the Super Bowl anytime soon. No. All right. So the Super Bowl is over. No more betting on football for a long time. So we got to focus on Wall Street. And uh, the biggest gamble I think right now is SPACs. We're going to get into that in just a second. But before we do that, we had one of our earliest guests on this show, Brett Rabel. He stopped by the house the other day, so I had to get an update. If you haven't listened to the second episode, please go back. Maybe stop right now and go back to episode two and listen to the episode with Brett Rabel. He's a comedian, and he, at the time, was aiming to be the first publicly traded comedian in the history of Wall Street, the Earth, and the history of history the first publicly traded comedian. And uh, he had a pitch for you guys. And part of, you know, Eric, he came back with him uh, suggesting maybe that he should get involved with a SPAC. I talked to him for a few minutes about the update he was doing in an IPO, or as he called it, an IBO, an initial Brett offering. So here's the update on what's going on with Brett Raybould. The guys are asking about you. Of course they are. How to go with the IBO? How's it going with Brett Coin? So First off, yeah, we've had a very successful IBO. Investors, like early investors, are very excited for the future of Brett Coin. As you know, the Brett Raybould LLC, unofficial LLC. My name is just Brett Raybould LLC. I'm not an LLC, <laughs> just for legal purposes. You're but, not a businessman. You're a business man. Yeah, the Jay Z quote, right? That's right. I'm a business man, and. Uh, <laughs> Brett Ray, like things are looking up for investors in Brettcoin. Things are really trending upwards. Uh, I will not uh, I would give any specific details as the amount of shares we've sold mm -hmm. because as the monkey business boys should know, if they want that information, they're going to have to invest. Uh. And, uh, you know, I'm happy if they're shareholders, I'm happy to provide you know, my, my, my fiscals and the state of Brett itself to investors, but to just, you know, Joe Schmoes and John Q needle dick, I don't feel. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to, 
give them any information. But you know, if they if they put their money where my mouth is, right. as I've asked repeatedly, mm-hmm. I'm happy to let them give them an official update on the actual tab, the numbers, the specific numbers. But I'll tell you where we're at. I, can I can I just interject real Go quick? Ahead. I just you know the you know maybe just the colonel because you know they. Gave you a platform on, on monkey business to, to kind of promote your thing. So uh, you're right. You know, maybe just a kernel because I know that there's there's plenty of publicly available information to make yeah. that decision whether or not people want to invest in my Brett Instagram, Rabel, your Instagram, your your album, your special, your YouTube. You got a lot of things going on publicly, so I don't. You know, they're not really asking for anything special. Just want to know how's good. the progress. Have, I'll tell you, you no, know, without getting into specific numbers. Uh. We are uh, over the several thousand share mark. Several thousand shares of Breitcoin, which are 50 cents a share, have been sold. So, um, I mean, you tell me. And I ain't even famous yet. (laughs) Just wait if that happens. You got one big podcast. I'm on Real Ass Podcast this week. It's 85,000 listeners. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Monkey Business Boys. Will this stock moon? Straight to the moon. I think I'm a moon stock because I think I'm a great company who has a lot. Like you said, I got a lot going on. I mean, I got a lot going on because I don't have a lot going on. And I <laughs> make myself feel like I got a lot going on. Yeah, so I yeah. make a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I'll say several over several thousand shares um, have, you know, we've moved. And I will say that investors are very excited. I'm looking to name a board of directors. So if either, um, I think Richie should apply. I don't know if, uh, you know, Eric, I don't know. He needs to. But Richie <laughs> seemed like really smart. This <laughs> <laughs> is really fun to just... Try, just drive that wedge in there. For Try no and drive a wedge in between them. <laughs> now, Richie's talented, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I definitely want Richie to apply. It was nice meeting Eric, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like at the end of a show when someone comes up and you're next to a comic and you didn't have a good set and they did. Yeah. To that person, they're like, great set, man. Yeah, you to too. You. Good seeing you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know it sucked, but it hurt to have it yeah. conversationally manifested. <laughs> well, thank you for the update, but I gave you a real update. I gave, yeah. you know, and I, I want to let you know, I typically don't give information. I only give information to insiders. Yeah. I don't, so my insiders can have help with their trading. Um, yeah, I really want my insider trading to, that's the most important to me is insider trading. You seem to know what you're doing, so I'm not going to question your strategy. Yeah. And you might go, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I assume, you know, the monkey business boys, they don't are reticent to invest because they go, you know, is this, does this, an, is this an SEC violation? <laughs> right. Yeah. They and might be concerned about that. To them, I would say I've read the SEC handbook. Oh yeah. You've read the whole thing. I've read the whole thing front to cut back. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I don't see how this relates to the Southeastern football conference, even a little bit. Um, I'm not Alabama. I'm not Georgia. I'm not, so I, I don't even know how that was relevant. So that those concerns to me go out the window because it has nothing to do with. All right. Well, yeah. they're going to hear this. So uh, I think they will be more confident after hearing the update that, they're legally in good standing. I'm looking forward to their shares. Yeah. Because uh, I think I, I want them to do well in life. 
Like it, it means a lot, especially Richie, Eric, you know. But um, <laughs> like I really want Richie to. I mean, how many lake houses does the guy want? That's a good question. Because if it's at least three, I can get him there. Okay. And that's a Brett Rable guarantee. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, buddy. Aaron, I, Aaron, it's always a pleasure. And tell the Monkey Business Boys I said hello. All right, Eric, uh, got to give you a chance to respond because he was, you know, throwing a list of some digs at you there. He insulted me. <laughs> insulted me a little, just a little bit. No, no, I insult him a little bit. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you peer into the side, into inside my crazy neurotic mind. So, Aaron sends that to us last week. Right, that we're gonna do it. So let's say he sent it on a Wednesday night, and he's like, "Hey, I'm thinking of putting the, you know, I'm thinking of putting an update on Brett, you know, on the show tomorrow, and this is gonna be our first show." That we're doing on a Thursday and we're dropping it on Thursday. So we're this is the this is the show. Hey, we're caught up in real time. And so I listened to it and then I yeah you know, hear, hear Brett what Brett said. And of course I'm just like that white tuxedo junior prom fuck motherfucker, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, my first thought was, you know, tomorrow is our first show. You know. Maybe it's not the best idea to bring a guy in out of context, calling half the show a fucking idiot. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we should wait on that. You were right. You're, you're correct. Yes. But to show you how I took something clearly funny is I listened to this before I went to bed. I didn't go to bed for two and a half hours. What? I kept, I kept thinking about it. Oh my god! This is, this is last week. This is yeah, last week I was, and I'm, and I'm like, and I go, look. I, Dude, you're nuts! Like, I'm like it's, he's a fucking comedian. Like, this is what he's supposed yeah. to be. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was fucking Richie. He's like, fucking my eye out. Come on, man. We, we we brought up Spax before anybody was talking about him. We we were gonna we were gonna put him in a Spax. We were gonna put him in one. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> now he's dead to us. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let let's go over some of the benefits that that won't happen now. Last thing on Brett, I assume you won't be a shareholder. And we just dropped a Mandarin dub of his album just the other day. So it's available. Any Chinese speaking friends that you have, we had we had a guy do a Chinese voiceover of his stand up act. And it is available on Spotify if you look up Brett Rabel. So, Eric, you have the floor. Uh, gosh, I, for, I, I forgot what I was going to say. All now. the benefits um, that he won't receive. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. So as you mentioned, um, you know, that uh, now that I'll be working with Matt, um, you know, there's a there's a guy, uh, Joe Rogan loves Matt, like, like really likes him a lot. He um, in fact, he plugged his latest book, Hate Inc. Um, on, uh, on on his one of his podcasts last week, um, put the picture up and said, you got to read this book. And so who knows, you know, maybe with that. There's going to be three people who are all on this podcast that who knows, maybe we'll meet Joe Rogan, you know, oh, um, wow. we'll do some Joe. guess who won't be talking meeting Joe Rogan. Wow. Somebody who could right. probably really, <laughs> really benefit from meeting Joe that's Rogan. Your, that's your yeah. Probably. He probably would have. But now wow. things will have to get a little harder for him, but that's OK. He likes maybe I can make the peace. You know, I can go over to one of those board meetings. He'll invite me without actually having to put any money down. Maybe I can talk him into that, you know, maybe take him out for a ride on the boat. 
on a on the lake at one of the lake houses. Say a couple of hail, say a couple of hail marys and throw throw a rock. Yeah, exactly. You you appear to be the glue in this relationship, Richie. He seems to like. Yeah, I, can, I can I can I can make it or break it. I think right. I think but so. Anyway. Yeah, you are the the mediator. It's something I have to work on. So that's on my to do list. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so tell us all about specs. It's the big trend here. Everybody's loving it. All the celebrities are getting into it. From Colin Kaepernick to A Rod to a whole bunch of other people. Why? What is this thing? What's happening? <laughs> you want me to go, Richie? Go ahead. All right. So I'll just give you some figures on how insane this is. So last year was a record year for SPACs um, where they made uh, they, they launched 80 billion of them. And that was a lot. Busted any record before. In January of 2021, there have been um, 35 billion worth of SPACs. Um, and 40, so 47 SPACs have been launched, 35 billion in a month. And there's a new one coming out like every day. It's a, a situation where everybody is set up to win really, except the, like everyone's guaranteed to win the investor, the guy who comes in and buys the, buys the share in this, in the, in the IPO of the SPAC. They could win. They have to pay $10 a share, and they also get what's called warrants, um, which are long-dated options to buy. The whenever, the whenever they finally acquire the private companies that they're supposed to do and then merge with merge and become this one entity, um, if you hold on, you, you, you own that stock at $10, and you can buy the stock usually at $11.50 is, this, is what we call the strike price. So if the stock, if the price goes up over 11 and a half, you have these warrants that came with, with your shares and you get to sell them and make, and make money. You get to sell the shares at, thir- at 11, you get, the, you get to buy the shares at 11 and a half and sell them if the, if the, the, new, the new company is higher. Um, that's it. Generally, um, what they've looked at so far historically is that when investors put their $10 in and stay in, they don't they, because you can sell your share. You can redeem your shares. You could sell them back at ten dollars and keep the warrants, which is what the hedge funds do. Can I can I just uh, yeah. I'm going to hit the heck they're selling. Yeah, okay. um, I got too too deep in the weeds too early. No, no, no. Well, maybe. But also, I just I just want to comment. What's with the jargon? Why does it sound like everything's going like you're going to jail if you get involved with these specs warrant? Why is it a warrant? well people might be going to jail someday but the a warrant in this case is it's a it's remember we talked about options like a call option is an option to buy a stock at a set price so if the stock goes up higher than that set price so if you buy an option on a stock at 10 a call option at ten dollars if the stock goes to 15 you have the right to buy the stock at 10 and sell at 15. So you, you make money. And then a put option goes the other way. That's if you think the stock is going to go down. Now, what a, a warrant is, it's really just a call, meaning you want the stock to go up. But you have a, you have a longer time period, like I think two, I think these are like three years. They're, they're, they're long. So you have a much longer time period, which makes it more, more valuable. The, the longer the option, everything else equal the more valuable it is because you have what's called time value. And there's a, so the warrants are um, a sweetener in the deal. Um, but let's just get into who makes, let, let's talk about who makes money. 
So you have the sponsor who could be a famous investor like Bill Ackman or could be Alex Rodriguez. Um, and what they do is they, um, they, they, start, they do an IPO. And an IPO for this, an initial public offering or an IBO, um, <laughs> initial bread offering, is it's a relatively because this is it's like a shell, it's a shell. It's there's nothing really in it right now other than they say we're going to buy these. We're going to buy a bunch of private companies with your money. We, we hope to in the next two years. And when we do, there's going to we're going to then merge this IP, this company, this SPAC together with all those private companies that we brought. And it's going to create one stock. Right. One one stock. So does that and let me let me stop you right yeah, there yeah. quick too, Aaron, the you're you're betting as an investor in this thing. Generally speaking, I, I'm thinking like 98 percent of these things. They specifically write in the document somewhere when you buy it like they can buy anything, anything. So so if you think you're you're investing with a guy who has an expertise like like so let's keep picking on a rod because we like to right so you would think okay a rod all right maybe he's gonna like uh become like uh the new nike right he's gonna create like like sporting good stuff because he knows sports or maybe like new baseball gloves or something like that that's why i want a rod and then he can turn around tomorrow with your money and buy bitcoin Right. Or buy like a cryptocurrency and you're sitting there going, what the hell does he know about that? And, and better yet, don't I know more about that than he does? So why am I giving him this money? Because you're trusting the person who sponsors it to find the, the investment. Right. And if I remember correctly, A-Rod went bust, right? Didn't A-Rod yeah. go bust? In 2008, A-Rod, for some reason, getting paid $30 million a year, still felt that he needed to be a, a, a real estate tycoon. And he he lost a lot of money, and luckily for Arod, that was remember that that was the year the Yankees in two thousand they re-signed him. Then they extended out that uh, that deal. He's got J Lo money now. He's going to the yeah. He's, oh, yeah. he's going to the inauguration of the president. I mean, he's basically American royalty at this point. <laughs> Tell me why an investor would be interested in besides you know attaching their money and their name to an A Rod or something like that. Is there some kind of like a guarantee of income or what's the attraction to getting involved in a SPAC? I'll give you, I'll give you an example. So um, back to, uh, you know, remember my, my son's friends, the Robin Hooders. So one of them called me a few weeks ago and asked about, he, he goes, do you know anything about warrants on SPACs? And I felt like saying, I, I know you should stay away from that. But <laughs> you <watched."> idiot. <laughs> I didn't because again, young Will is up, you know, it's 600% this year and Eric's up 20%. So he's, he's smarter than me. <laughs> so I said, Oh, I said, that, that's a SPAC. So I know the name Churchill They're You know, they're, they're the real deal. Why, why, why are you interested in Churchill? And it's, he's interested because Churchill is, was rumored. They're going to make a play for some of these electronic vehicle companies, electric vehicle companies, EVs. And many of them, Richie's highlighted as his, as his shorts, meaning like these guys, I mean, Tesla's still like, is Tesla really going to make money? None of these guys are making any money, but they're looking to make an EV play, electronic vehicle, electric vehicle play. They know that Churchill was looking to use their SPAC to buy um, one of these companies. So that's why they, that's why they want it in. But the SPAC, the IPO went up 
well, it was no longer an IPO. It was actually out there trading as a SPAC. Went up tremendously, I believe, um, when that actual um, acquisition was announced. So people are either, well, they either want to get in because, and again, like Richie just said, the story is, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to invest in, you know, this sector. And maybe you get all excited and you go, hey, I can, I could be a private equity guy too. Like essentially if I own that, if I own that SPAC, I may own five or six or eight companies that I would have loved to have owned, you know, and, and here I am. I, it's like I get to own through this one, this one stock, this SPAC, I get to own all of these companies, a right. proportional share of all these companies. How is that different than an exchange traded fund? Am I mixing that up? Well, or those not even the, the, the well, let's talk about who, who wins in these transactions. So remember the SPAC comes out and whoever buys, you buy a share for 10, it's usually, it's $10. So let's take a Goldman Sachs deal that was done over the summer of 2020. It was a $700 million deal. And um, the stock price was $10. Uh, Goldman Sachs as the sponsor of the deal gets what's called founder shares. So for $5,000, Goldman Sachs, when the deal closed, owned $140 million of the stock. So do the, So you're paying $10, and Goldman Sachs paid $5,000 to get $140 million of stock, which is about, so you paid 10, they paid three and a half cents. Right. So they, they, they're going to win because one of the first things they're going to, and they also get these warrants, which are, which have value. So the first thing they're going to do, and they paid and, and they did, they, they, but they, as, as a spot, they, they did pay for the warrants. I think they paid $16 million. I, I almost want to become a bounty hunter and get these warrants. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so what, what happens is once the deal is done, the, 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 the sponsor that um, the uh, they get to sell their shares. They get to redeem their shares put at, for ten bucks. So right off the bat, they bought shares for three and a half cents and got to sell them at ten bucks and redeem them, which immediately dilutes the other the people who remain in the in the spec. So in this one deal, Goldman was going to make money even if even if the spec launched, bought a bunch of companies, and then declined fifty percent in value. Goldman was going to win. So these founder shares that the sponsors that the sponsors get are very valuable. Also, um, and this is what is really scary whenever you hear – when you hear somebody say a regulatory arbitrage, right? That, that's – yeah. Other people go to jail for doing illegal ar- – I was doing a legal arbitrage officer when I robbed that bank because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think they had an alarm system, right? So that was an arbitrage. Yeah. In this case, um, when you when you bring a company public, especially and Aaron, I'm going to say right before I forget that you may get some of your you may want to invest in one of these because you some of your spa the, the spas that you're interested in may actually end up in a spec because the private equity guys may let sell their their stakes in these companies in these private companies into the spec. So that that's the good news. Tell me more. The bad news is like if you were going to buy one of those. Um, one of those, let's well, let's say, one of those wellness centers, a, a spa, a spa chain, an initial public offering would have a lot of documentation, a lot of 
a lot of legal steps that it would have to go through. So you you knew what you were buying. You, you know, to the best of your ability, you knew what you were buying. There's a lot of more disclosures. It costs a lot more to bring it as an IPO for for any individually. However, if you do a SPAC, let's say you do A Rod's five hundred million dollar SPAC. Well, they're bringing a SPAC, which is a shell company, public. So it's not a lot of work. It's the, you, you know, maybe you have to go on road shows, but not really. I mean, it's it's especially now you just see people lining up to buy them. So who needs a road show? But it's a very it's a much easier deal to bring public than to bring a, a you know a, a a spa or any, or any business, any private business, public and make it a stock. Well, once these guys launch the IPO, every private company they buy, it's a merger. It's not an IPO. And there's a lot, the legal um, uh, bar for a merger and an acquisition is a lot less than for an IPO. So right off the bat, you are bringing a bunch of companies public, but you don't have to do individual initial public offerings on them. You just, you could do, you do one with the SPAC and then it becomes a merger or an acquisition, which by the way, the street also makes money on that because Street is big on mergers and acquisitions. So you're going to pay somebody. You're going to, you're going to pay Goldman or J.P. Morgan or somebody. In that within that SPAC, there's going to be expenses, and that's going to be one of the expenses. That's some of the fees that they get. So that is right off the bat a which which should be sending warning flags up everywhere that there's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of monkey business in um in in the in the SPAC creation. An IPO, or you know documents, they have to list risks in in the document right so like if you invest in a, an electric car company comes ipo right they can say like we may never make a car that is your risk you know so they cover their asses because if you go and the, the stock craters down and you're like shit why did i buy this thing these guys suck i'm suing them and then the lawyer points to page 22 and says <laughs> no right here bro. we said that we may never never make anything right what I think they should do, and this guy, this guy in Washington now is watching this stuff, right? This guy, yes, Gary, sir. he's the head of the SEC, the real SEC, not the Southeastern Conference. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's gonna he's gonna catch wind of this. But like, I think where we'll go with this is like what Eric was saying with the three and a half cents to ten dollars. I think somewhere in the document they are going to post like a sentence, probably in bold letters, one day, like. Please be aware you're paying $10. The cats in front of you paid three and a half cents. How does that make you feel? Or something like that, right? And then you sit there and go, hmm, why, why would I pay 10 bucks? Right? If, if, if to all you guys who play video games, why would you pay, you know, X money for a, a, a game and Johnny and Joe down the block got it for nothing? You'd be like, dude, how do I get that for nothing? Well, you don't unless you sponsor your own SPAC, which will probably also be another thing that comes out of this. They, uh, they, they did an analysis. This is on Bloomberg this morning that the average SPAC, if you stay in it as an investor, you buy it for 10 bucks and on average it ends up being worth seven bucks. So they, there you go. Now, one of the reasons is because now hedge funds, another are when you hear arbitrage twice <laughs> and you ain't in it, you're the you're the arbitrage. You're the reason that allows them to make money. It just sounds scary. So, so what a lot of hedge funds do, 
is they buy these SPACs. They buy they, they buy them with no intention of holding them. As soon as they can, they buy they was when you buy it, you pay ten dollars, but then you also get these warrants. The warrants do have value. So what the hedge funds do is they buy they they buy up the SPAC, they buy their shares, and then as soon as they can, they redeem their shares back for ten dollars, and they're left with free. free. Warrants that are, that are worth something, that are definitely worth something. So, again, it's another, you just got, what, what you have is, you remember when we had Richard on and we were talking about, you know, with Robin Hood and, you know, when they're putting you in the, they're putting you in the tank, you're a guppy and they're putting you in a tank with a shark. Right. This is, this is the same thing. Now, just like on Robin Hood, you, you could make money. I mean, it, and people have made money. Um, they, this, like, I'm sure Bill Ackman is going to pick some great companies uh, or one great company, and you're going to get a piece of that. And he's also creating SPACs now that don't that stop him from diluting. It's basically a it's a more fair SPAC. Right. Um, but in general, most of these SPACs, like I just have this bad feeling that A Rod SPAC or Colin Ka- Kaepernick SPAC, um, who also announced two days ago that he was he was launching a SPAC. Um, I think is going to pe- his he's going to buy things that have to do with social justice. I don't quite know what that means. Um, generally, social justice doesn't make money, so I don't <laughs> see it. I think it's maybe more of a donation than a than an asset purchase. Could be, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, so you're going to have the streets making underwriting fees because it's an IPO. The streets making mergers and acquisition fees. Um, the sponsors had get these founder shares that they get to sell and make a lot of money. The hedge funds get to do this arbitrage and basically take buy for 10, redeem at 10 and, and own the warrants. And if you're sitting there waiting for that thing to go up, the odds are right now that people who bought at 10 on average, the, the, the SPAC ended up at seven over time. So not a great deal. I mean, I don't even know how these come to fruition, who invents these vehicles. I mean, I obviously understand why you would want to get into it as a sponsor. You're kind of like the glue. You're the you're the guy, you're Goldman, right? So you can bring all these people together to get some money into a pot. And it, it almost feels like a, a pool of money, like an insurance company that, you know, they can do whatever they want with it. I mean, and you're saying the track record isn't good so far. But I mean, some investors have to have some kind of success as well, right? So I mean, sure. you can win. Yeah, I mean, to go back to your ETF question, Aaron, that, that ETFs can be active; they can be passive. Active means the manager of the ETF can buy and sell stocks all day long. Passive ETFs are ones that just stay; they're following an index or something, and they they can change every quarter. Got but it. there's really like a it's like a robot running the, the deal, right. right? It's not somebody picking stocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least in those deals, like those ETFs, it is, you know, it's, it's just a slice. You, you pay a small management fee, right, for those things. And some of them are really small, like like the, the SPY, the ticker SPY, that's the S&P 500 one. It's got billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars in it. And they charge almost nothing like 0.04 or something, basis points. So you're getting you and the guy, if the guy who works there, who manages the, the, the fund, 
if he's if he's investing in it, he's paying, let's say, in our last example, 10 bucks as well. Right. He doesn't get any extra special treatment. He gets what you get. So you you like to see that because you're like, okay, he's got some skin in the game and we're all in this together. Right. Whereas listen to all the examples Eric gave. There's guys flipping shit every which way to to take a buck. And you're just sitting there at your 10 bucks going, please go to 11. Please go to 12. Please go to 13. And with no control, no, you know, you have no idea. You had no idea what you were, what company you were buying for sure when you went into this thing. Maybe, you know, the company once they buy it, but there's no guarantee. And, and you're, so you're just betting that this, this person, this manager, this sponsor is going to find something real good. And there's no mm-hmm. disclosure at any point from the manager to say, hey, this is what only I'm... They, only, hey, we did this today. We bought this. I remember there was a... back. This reminds me, too, back in the, in the dot-com boom 20 years ago. They used to have these... They would... Um, the, the Bloomberg page, right? You'd pull up a ticker, and the Bloomberg page would show the description of what the company was. Just a little blurb on the top, right? So if it was like Coca-Cola, they'd say, you know, beverage distribution throughout the world, blah, blah, blah. These things were around. They're not new. Mm-hmm. These facts were around. And they would say stuff like, we have, uh, we intend to use your money to buy profitable companies in the future. That's it. Like, that's it. Like, okay, cool. I, I'm glad you're doing that, bro. That sounds like a special I, purpose. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, in the meantime, I'm like, on all this scratch. For my expertise, mm-hmm. right? So right. Please put I mean, up. Think about you. I mean, the fact that the, they 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 don't shy away from the term blank because it's also called a blank check company. Now, where it was very warm, it was a warm, comfortable feeling to see that um, at the end of last year, the the former head of the SEC said, "Hey, you know, we 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 may have to take a look at these." Really, guy? Like now, you know, we're going to have to take a look at them. Well, how like, how new are they? No, well, they've been around for decades. They've been around for a long time. Oh, really? Um, but but if, the, yeah. if somebody figured out, hey, this is a lot easier to do than IPO, and we got a bunch of people who have cash who want to put it to work. Right. This is a bubble. This is a you know, yeah. if you want to look at a sign of a bubble, you know, it's when when a Rod can easily raise five hundred million dollars in an IPO to buy. Now, granted, you but why would you buy a Rod? Well, you're going to buy a Rod because a Rod um, wants to buy he wants to buy sport he wants to buy a sports franchise. Whether he want you know he wants to buy a, a big piece of a sports franchise. So a Rod may make sense, right? Because a Rod, you know, A-Rod, and plus you know a Rod's back in everybody's good graces. Major League Baseball will definitely allow him back in, and so so if he wants to be an owner um, like his friend uh, Derek. Uh, he can he can do that, and so maybe that's not a bad play. Um, but maybe again, buys, buys the Marlins. Maybe Peter sells them. Kick Derek out. Also, you can buy. There is a stock ticker B A T R A, I believe it is. Baseball Atlanta Times Richard Apple, and that is the Atlanta Braves. So you can already own a piece of the Atlanta Braves in a stock. So it's out there. So if you like, I've actually looked at it quite a bit, like a, to, to like buy as a stock. It doesn't move a lot. You know, it doesn't move. It's been down, obviously, no fans last year. But I'm, I'm thinking about this year. You know, maybe maybe it pops because they do come back. And remember, they were pretty good, not this past year, but the year before. They 
went pretty far. Is that the only baseball team that does that? So far, yeah. But you can do that. You'll pay 10 bucks with the guys who own the company, the majority of the company. They, there's no funny warrants. There's no, you know, you could just sit back, bang, I'll take it. You pay your $0 commission to Robin Hood and you're off to the races. And you buy a Atlanta Braves hat and you watch them every day. And you cheer for them. Yeah. And, and maybe you yell at the, at the coach because you tell him he's part owner. I want his phone number right now. Why is he substituting that guy for that guy? Yeah, <laughs> right. I own a thousand shares of this. Sir, I'm like a shareholder. When George used to call down at Billy Martin in the, uh, in the, the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> Why is Rick betting six? <laughs> Fuck you, George. <laughs> Click. <laughs> I remember he broke the phone once. Yeah, he did. Or he ripped the phone out of the wall. Ripped it, ripped it out. <laughs> but, yeah, so a lot of it's marketing, right? Like. Uh, no, I want to be in with A-Rod or I want to be, you know, I think Billy Bean, the, um, you know, uh, Moneyball, and I think Billy Bean has been involved um, in, in a set, another thing also looking out sports franchises. So, yeah, I mean, he may, but, you know, that's, there's probably better ways to do that than to put it into a, put it into a product that is really designed to pay off a heck of a lot of people before you see a dime of profit. Think about it in these terms, too. Like, if you're out there listening to this right now and you say, you know, I know Billy and I know Sally, and they're the two of the smartest people I know on this globe. I'm going to go walk down the street right now, and I'm going to give them a big pile of money. And Billy and Sally, I trust you with my life. This is my kid's college fund. Uh, go to work, bro. Go to work. And Billy and Sally go, okay, yeah, that's cool. And immediately pocket five grand into their, that's where we start, right? So that's really what's going on here. Like for all you guys who think you're going to skin the cat with these SPACs because you're with somebody who's smart. Yeah, they're smart, dude. They're smart because they're taking your dough before anything (laughs) starts. And then maybe you win as Eric. Maybe you get there. Because remember, what you have to assume is that every, I mean, now granted, from the point the SPAC starts and they buy something, sure, it can go up, right? Absolutely. But you're, you're also saying that every one of these guys, managers, is so smart that they're going to outwit every private company to basically sell to them cheaper than where they could bring themselves public or, or not bring themselves public. So you're, you're basically saying that all the guys that you – like. I, I do kind of trust Bill Ackman. Like if I was going to do yeah. something, okay, I, I get it. Yeah. And he and he's a guy who he's I think he's identified one target and he just says this is how he's doing it. And he's think, also raised the most money of any of them, I think, because yeah. people trust him. And like what you were saying about the he's not going to dilute. Yeah, he's, he's made, he's made yeah. probably the, the structure. It's, it's the funny. I was reading the, the structure he's using. I can't remember the name of the T, but it goes back to like the 17th century. <laughs> it's like oh, some, yeah. the way they used to do things, but it's. It's a much more fair because he's saying that this thing is it's just he basically went into just like we're saying now. That's why everybody's doing it. It's a it's a regulatory arbitrage. It's a hedge fund arbitrage. It's um, you know, it's 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 everything. It's a, it's massively dilutive to the the people who stay in it. It's he's basically calling it a crime. And that's all I'm going to do it in a way that, you know, doesn't. Yeah. But again, here we go again. Same, same guy, same story. He's already got a publicly traded ticker. You can buy his returns, not his hedge fund, which charges a lot more fees, 
But the returns, his actual holding company mm-hmm. is a publicly traded company. Bill Ackman's is. It's called Pershing Square. I forget. It's like five, five, tick, five a letter ticker, PHZ something. I, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. But wow. Pershing Square, if you Google it. Um, so, again, you don't pay, you don't pay the, the $10 while the other guys are paying three and a half cents. You're in there. If you buy that Pershing Square thing, that's Bill Ackman. Okay, that's right. Bill Ackman on the stuff he's already done and continues to do. So why did, you know, and that just tells you, why did he want to do the SPAC thing? I wonder what that was all about. Why would? It? And then he looked around and went, oh, 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 rubbing hands, baby. Like, yeah. Oh, so his, so the, it's called a tontine structure. So his, new, his new one, his new one is called, um, it's the, the ticker is PSTH. That's the, that's the SPAC. Yeah. Yes, that's the new SPAC that he did. But then there's um, another one. Yeah, and then yeah, and that one didn't. Why that one buy Yum Brands or Burger? Didn't, didn't he get involved with the? Yeah, he made a killing. Like he did great. But so if you think about it, a SPAC initially is a way for the common man to get involved. Like I, I, I'm not a private equity fund. Like I'm not a hedge fund. I don't have enough money for a hedge fund, but. I trust that guy knows what he's that guy really knows what he's doing. He's he's basically telling us I'm focusing on this um, and he's made it fair. So, again, look at look at the structure, look at what you're being offered. But, you know, right now it, it just shows that we've just hit another another phase of the bubble and the, the bubble may not burst for three years. So the kid that I told I wouldn't do that is probably up, you know, a hundred percent. So, but and then that's, that gets back to Richie's, Richie's point long time ago was two things. One is they haven't lost yet, right? They're doing very risky things and they have, they have they've won every time they've won. And two is you generally don't stop when you're winning. You don't say, whew, I mean, I mean, the kid's probably up $150,000. He's, he's paid for college. Yeah. It's done. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I've I've jumped in. Uh, I was up two hundred dollars just the other day, and it's it's intoxicating, man. I'm like, ah, give me this, give me that, give me that, and it's like, oh, I'm on my phone. I'm looking at the numbers all day, and I'm like, oh man, this is so great. And today, right back to where I started, pretty much. So I'm like, I think I think I'm done investing. And <laughs> <laughs> you also got to remember when you're going up, like remember the whole market's going up. Right. So you don't necessarily go, yeah, I'm up 3%. Well, okay, but, you know, I'm up 3% for the month, which is, you know, but this, the market's up 12%. You know, so there's also, you get that fee. You're not necessarily looking relative value. You just see your thing going up. Uh, granted, if you bought, you're buying GameStop and getting involved in that, I mean, I mean, I know guys who just, just jumped in and out and made 25 grand. How did that work out for you? I, last show, you actually uh, got some while we were recording. Well, I was getting, uh, I, I'm down, uh, I got in at 72. It's currently trading at 49. Um, you still have it? it I still, yeah, th- that went from what we call, that went from the, the trading account to the health and maturity account, which is pretty <laughs> much, but here's why. This is, so remember <laughs> I, I told you, I, the reason why I was looking at it was because I was imp- I was actually impressed with the new management team. Yeah. And I I talked to one of my, one of my other, the, the good son, not the bad son. Um, and I, and I, and he loves games. And so I, I asked him about it and he's like, look, they, you know, 
they've got a lot of the things that are necessary if they jump over and they will that's why they hired that's why Ryan Cohen from Chewy got involved and why he brought these guys these heavy hitters in from Amazon engineers guys who know how to build an online business you know GameStop is way ahead of you know they've got a lot of that you know Richie talks about Warren Buffett you know you buy you buy companies that have moats you know that's very hard for other people to get in and compete these guys are over the moat in a lot of areas over the wall and now that they've hired these guys, you know, I, I think the company, like right now, it's, you know, it's valued at like, you know, $4 billion or something like that. I probably shouldn't have bought it when it was $7 billion. But you know what? And I almost, yesterday, um, an analyst, two things happened. An analyst came out and said, you know what? Let's talk about the real value of GameStop. And he talked about just what we were talking about. Like, you know what? These guys can do it. Like, these guys can do this. The database they have is ridiculous, right? Yeah. Think about all the people that have gone to GameStop over time mm-hmm. when you drop your email or whatever, and you just don't happen to be going into the store these days. Right. But they have your data. Like, yeah. it, it's a real story. I mean, yeah. I mean know, it wasn't what, a real story at 350, but. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we talked last week about that hedge fund SendFest uh, that made 700 million bucks, and he bought it at like 10 bucks, and he said all those things. That's why he mm-hmm. bought it. He wasn't thinking. He didn't even know what Robin Hood was, probably. Right. Well, here's the other thing. They got a shot. (laughs) Here's the other thing. So Whitney Tilson's a pretty pretty famous investor. Um, And Whitney came out yesterday and he said he called GameStop Game Stink. (laughs) And when it came out publicly. Now, I think, and, and between the... Between the, um, the that nice that analyst report that said, "Hey, these guys can actually be pretty good as a company," and that at one point yesterday the stock was up to sixty two. It was it was down. It was right around where it is now. It went up to sixty two, and I'm like, "Yes, I'm like, he's, he's he's poking the hornet's nest. He's trying to get these guys back." And I'm like, "He's fucking long. I guarantee you, he's long." <laughs> And he just wants to be another smart ass hedge fund manager that's uh, that, that's making fun of one of their stocks and get them all to buy. Gar- guaranteed but it lasted it lasted for about a day and then it's back to 49 uh, everybody's got some kind of hustle some kind of angle here it's crazy <laughs> now they're on to the now they're on to the pot stocks that's the new flavor yeah they moved yeah. on yeah well they've, i mean hey with good reason i mean that's that's a real thing oh, too same, uh, same, same yeah. uh basis right if it, it, it shouldn't get too crazy even though it is like tilray's up 50 percent twice in a row now, two, two or three days in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. You know, it's like, you know, they've done a lot of chattering in Washington already, right? And the minute these these stocks started turning up, the minute that they re- uh, announced the Georgia Senate election right. results. Yep. Because they knew then, because McConnell's a big anti-marijuana guy, right. and now they can run over. So mm-hmm. if they nationally make it legal, then it's a big deal. It's going to boom, for sure. I can't call a, you know, Colorado doobie shop and be like, yo, can you send me some stuff? No, you got you got to go. You got to be there with your special car. If it becomes nationally legal, yeah, what do you need, bro? It'll be like buying on Amazon. Yeah, I did go into a dispensary when I was in. I was visiting a buddy in Colorado. It was my first time in one of them, and man, it's buttoned up. It's really professional. You're just like, I, 
what am, what am I doing here? It feels like you're going in for like a real serious meeting or something. And they take it very, <laughs> very, very seriously. So no, Richie, yeah. I don't think your phone call is going to go very far. They're going to hang <laughs> up on you. There's a, um, there's a, there's a, a, a Texas guy, that country singer that I really like. I don't know if you call him country. Robert Earl Keynes is his name. Funny as hell. Great. He's great. And I went to a show um, recently. They actually opened up. We got to go actually go sit outside a few months ago and listen and watch a show. So he was great. He actually was, he he tends to get pretty shit faced while he's you know when he so you never quite know who's going to show up. And he definitely started shit faced. I think he sobered up. Day. <laughs> he played great. And so we're down here in San Antonio. It's called uh, the the Floor Store down here in, in great outdoor venue in in uh, Texas. So he goes. He's like, all right, man. He goes, God damn, we got to go get back on the bus and go to Colorado. And everyone's like, because we ran out of pot. <laughs> <laughs> There's none in San Antonio, huh? But think about, yeah, Texas is bad. But but think about, so think about Bitcoin and crypto, right? They've already all the blockchain. That's how you, you basically transact here, right? Because you can't, you know... Uh, there's some state credit, like there's a credit union in, Cal- in Colorado that can actually deal, I believe can still deal in, in with, with, with marijuana money. They can actually take the deposits and I believe they can. Um, but you can't do that. If you're a federal credit union, you, you can't do it. None of them can do it. So the whole blockchain thing has been operating, humming along with, with marijuana purchases or edibles and things like that. It's a whole, so the second that switch gets flicked, that now, hey, okay, this this stuff's legal. Yeah. Um, I think that now you may say, well, now it becomes legal, so now you get off Bitcoin and you can do it. But I think it just builds that blockchain even more. People, especially who are used to doing it, and Bitcoin can go to the even go further to the moon. And Bitcoin today is at forty eight, forty eight thousand. And um, front page of the Wall Street Journal today. Um, so Bank of New York Mellon. Who is, but I think it's a Bank of New York is the oldest bank in the country. And Boney Mellon is what's called a custody bank. They really what they do is they they're not flashy, they're gigantic, and they they're like the, the back office, if you will. They're they're the plumbing where when you buy a bond or a stock or anything, it gets it it's held in your in your in your name, it's there at, at Boney Mellon. And Boney Mellon knows that. Richie needs to get his coupon, an interest payment or a dividend. Um, if Richie sells it, these guys transfer it to another. It's all electronic now, but transfer it to another owner. They and they they're non sexy, and generally those are the guys who continually always make money. Um, they just front pages. Um, they they're going to treat crypto like any other asset in the near future. So they've already said. We're getting ready because what happened is when all remember we talked a few episodes ago about um, institution, all of a sudden like hedge funds are getting involved and buying institutional money is buying crypto. Well, those guys need to be able to settle and do things in. They want to do it in crypto and they're big enough where it's not just a bunch of kids anymore, a bunch of people on the, on the internet, it's big real money and they need a solution. And so Boney Mellon's like, yeah, but we'll, we'll be back into crypto. All right, well, let's pivot into Richie's picks. Mm-hmm. What are we looking well, at? Well, we got, you know, we have a market that continues to roll higher with any kind of news, bad, good, indifferent, just keeps going. So I'm not going to stand in front of it. You know, I'm, I'm mostly long. I'm, I, I have call options, which give me the right to buy more. 
Um, but I, you know, I, as as we know, I throw out a few short positions from one. I'm not scared of the the Robin Hood guys. Yeah, you called them out. Um, yeah, I called them out last week, and I'm going to call them out again. Um, <laughs> but two two stocks that have gotten beaten up a little um, are uh, that I like are uh, Northrop Grumman. NOC is the ticker, Nancy, Oscar, Charlie. Now, they're a big defense company. So you would think if they're going to cut defense spending in Washington, and there's been a lot of chatter that to provide to social services and more, you know, helping out other folks, that already is, I think, kind of been priced in a bit. Like the stock was at like 350 earlier this year or uh, six months ago. And now it's around three oh five or something. So that that could be a good one. They make a lot of money. A lot of money. Um the other one that I'm looking at is ticker A G R. I think it's forget the name. I was just looking at the ticker. Anyway, it's a it's a company Evangrid. Yeah, Evangrid. That's it. So they are and I don't know how well that's going to go, but it looks to be promising. They're a big um, alternative energy utility company, but for like the Northeast. So Massachusetts, Vermont, New York. Um, we've talked, I think, about Next Energy, which is the ticker NEE, Nancy Edward Edward. That's the parent of Florida Power and Light, my guys. And uh, they're doing a bang up job. That company's great, and our electric bills have been pretty good, pretty reasonable, and they use a lot of solar, as you would imagine, in Florida. Um, but they're figuring out ways to use solar and wind up north, so I like that one. And then I'm just going to I'm gonna short the Qs, which is uh, QQQ, which is the ticker, the ETF, for the top 100 tech companies. Ooh. So that's a bit risky. Balls of steel. To be short that. Um, But I just think that, you know, these, we keep talking about interest rates too. They seem to be just, you know, ticking slightly, but ticking up. Um, And that's helpful to the banks because we, um, banks like uh, what we call very positive yield curve. So positively sloped for, for a long time, it's been flat that, that kills their, their bottom line. They can't make margin, interest margin on that. So as it ticks up, uh, banks make more money if the longer end of the Treasury curve, like 10-year bonds, 30-year bonds, go higher, which they've been doing. And the, lo- the shorter end, overnight, one month, two months, has kind of stayed in place. So that helps banks. But that also hurts tech companies, growth, big growth companies, because you discount back and this is for another show someday, but you discount back cash flows to to drive earnings. If rates are low, you can show those discounted cash flows to be very high. As they grow, as interest rates go up, those discounted cash flows become less, and people are waiting for that. And these guys, a lot of these guys, you know, like we talked about earlier, like Tesla, they don't make a lot of money. Like they got into the S&P 500 because for the first time ever, they made a little bit of money four quarters straight. That was like a record for them. You could look at a company like uh, shit, like you know, one of these like old time, 
old like Coca-Cola or, you know, Procter and Gamble. They make money every year, every year, like every, every year, <laughs> like, like, like all the time. Pay so a fat dividend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, Hey, we made it four straight, baby. We're, we're hot. And it's like, yeah. dude, no, you're not. <laughs> like, like that's, you know, and I'm watching that one. I'm definitely watching that one. Maybe next he's week. On, he's up on Bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. I, I saw that yet. It's hard to be shocked these days, but when I, I, Fired up the Bloomberg one morning. And I saw that. I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, I mean, like you, you, you're a car company and you bought it. You just bought a billion. You just took a just a bet, a billion and a half in Bitcoin. He had six billion in, on hand, so he took twenty five percent. Think about taking twenty five percent of your cash, total <laughs> cash, and going down and saying, "I'm buying X because it's cheap," and it went up and it's gone up. And maybe he's right, but if he's wrong, wouldn't that be a pisser? <laughs> see his car company get wrecked because he made a bet on Bitcoin, right? Now, I'm sure all the Robin Hooders, everybody's like, dude, this guy is my man. He's like made me money in Tesla. Now he's making me money in Bitcoin. Yeah, he's I a legend. It. Yeah. They're loving it. Right? So he's riding high now. Yeah. I, I just know. wanted to tweet a game. Do, do me a solid and tweet a game stonk or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's what it all is coming down to. Like all, that's what all it all these comes like, down to. Maybe 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 he'll take the other four and a half billion and buy game stock the whole company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Everybody just wants some kind of uh influencer to just kind of jump in there and just move this thing to, to the moon. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Dave Portnoy is a is a bigger market mover than than Bill Gates, right? I mean, he's he, if you had to name top ten influencers who actually can influence the market on a daily basis, the head of Barstool Sports is one. He's got to be in the top ten. He's always on. Yep. Uh, but one last point about the markets is he because Portnoy remind me of uh, when he dissed uh, Warren Buffett back in uh, last April, saying that Buffett is too old and. He's Portnoy is the new guy and Buffett should hang it up. You know, I, he was great, but he's not that great. And he, since then, I think Buffett's done quite all right, you know, in the, in the last 10 months, 11 months. But uh, one of his biggest indicators, Buffett, is you take the it's the Wilshire 5000 index, which is basically every stock. Every stock in, they put it. In, you can buy the ETF. You can buy a Wilshire. It's, it's all the whole stock market. Every stock. You take that and you divide it by the country's GDP, gross domestic product, right? That's what he does. It's like his favorite barometer. That number is higher than it's been in like three decades or something, which higher on that number is no bueno. Like that's, you want to be low on that. So he hasn't said anything, but, but he had said 20 years ago in some I think it was an article in Forbes or something. He kind of like gave out that tidbit to the reporter. Like, oh, what do you look at? Yeah, I look at this thing. And then that like it just everybody like followed it. And then it kind of went away. Nobody cared about it. And then somebody just came up with it the other day and said, you know that thing that he always looks at? It's really high, which means stocks are really pricey. Right. So and then that can go on forever. Right. Not forever, but it can still go on. But it's just another little tidbit that people should look at. And when the shit hits the fan, if it does very soon, you can be like, oh, shit. We saw this coming. Yeah. Eric, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, what, what what Richie said is, again, I you know, 
I, I kind of keep looking at the markets, you know, you're peeking through your, your fingers there to look at, and, um, you know, I, I, I think this could continue, you know, for, for, for quite some time. Um, I, I feel like I'm being gravitationally pulled into the market and taking more risk just because, you know, again, it's the, it's FOMO, the fear, fear of missing out. That's the, that's what's driving the market right now. And, and, you know, the other thing, just a, a point is that, um, you have a lot of these hedge funds that are algorithmic, meaning they, it's all, it's math and computer. It's all artificial intelligence. They, it's not a human that is essentially intervening and in buying and selling. And that one of, you know, a lot of these guys, their, their models, uh, look at momentum and, you know, if momentum keeps pushing it, keeps going and this fear of missing out keeps going, you know, these guys, these guys end up buying, they, they start following the market. Um, so I, I, I agree with I, things are incredibly pricey, but um, until until we see interest rates, I think interest rates have to go up significantly um, before some of this bubble gets popped. Um, but uh, yeah, so far, you know, but looking at it, like if I looked at it this over the next month, I'd say you know, barring a disaster, which which could could happen, like maybe maybe a, a global pandemic might happen, and. Oh, that already happened. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what stops this, but um, yeah, I mean, rock on. Yeah. All right. Rock on. That's what we're going to do. Thank you everybody for listening. Please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We're just getting started. So uh, any kind of word of mouth helps and uh, make sure you check out Eric writing for Matt Taibbi's Substack. Was, how do you get there? Just Google Matt Taibbi Substack. Yeah, well, you got to yeah. If uh, TK is the um, is the mag, and um, it's on Substack, and it's a subscription. Oh, okay, gotcha. So gotcha. You gotta, yeah, you got to you got to pay for that. All right, pay for it because it's worth it. Right. <laughs> Don't short that stock. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week on the Monkey Business Show.